the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar is great. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning, good morning. You are listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I am your host this weekend, Nick Antonucci, uh, joined today by Jennifer Thomas, CFP, and Dan Deluzio, CPA. So we got a well-rounded team for you this weekend, somebody from Research, someone from P&I, a planner, and uh, someone from Tax. All right. So we should be able to knock out every question with a comprehensive answer, right, guys? Very good. Yeah, that's exactly. All the difficult we'll questions keep our we fingers get in crossed here. anyway. That's right. Um, it's been kind of a crazy week. Had some comments out of Jay Powell that sent markets higher for the first time in what seems like you know a month, two months. Mm-hmm. People started getting concerned. Je- Jennifer, I'm not sure how many clients uh, you guys had upstairs call. Uh, concerned when we did have a 10% correction, 10.17% right. in the S&P 500. Typically, when we when we see that, you know, clients start to call in and, and panic, and should I be selling? What's going on? And it's important we try and reassure everybody that hey, you know, it's a correction, it's a 10% correction on average. This happens once a year. And we expect it. We do expect those to happen. So I think it's, you know, a lot of times it's just educating. Um, and letting people know that it's okay and that, you know, it's not anything that we feel is going to cause a widespread panic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times it, it, it's situations like this that are a great time to step back and, and look at how you're invested and say, okay, well, I know last time we reviewed my uh, investment policy statement, I said I was willing to take on this much risk, but well, we just had a 10% pullback and I'm concerned. Maybe you don't want to take as much risk on as, as mm-hmm. you thought at the time when things were going up, up, up. Um, you know, we talk about a lot, maybe, uh, you know, the right time to rebalance your portfolio. And we saw tech as the high flyers for the longest time in the year. And, and those were hit the hardest. You had the NASDAQ pull back more than 15 percent um, as tech got beaten down harder. So had you, you know, when valuations got pretty stretched there, had you rebalanced, you would have fared better when things did pull back as tech led the way down. Some of your more defensive sectors that had been beaten up held up better. Yeah. And I also think, you know, with clients that follow our 10-year rule, they're not as concerned if, True. you know, if they have that 10 years worth of fixed income set aside for their needs. Um, you know, but you do have people when everything looks great and the market's doing nothing but going up, they tend to be want, want to be, they tend to want to be more aggressive yeah, and, so they you get know, in they, and not miss it. Right. They want to keep growing, growing, growing. And it's amazing how, when the market pulls back, they kind of forget all the growth that they got, even though it's pulled back 10%, the market's done what over the last few years, you know, a lot more exactly. than 10%. That's, that's what's important to remember is. We're going on, what, our, our 10th year mm-hmm. of the bull market. It's not going to continue forever. You, no. have to, you have to be prepared that there are going to be these times of volatility and market fluctuations. The market just doesn't go up forever. Right. And it's healthy to pull back. So um, year to date, we're looking at a positive return again on the S&P 500, up 4.7%. Um, not led by technology stocks anymore. Healthcare is the best returning uh, sector year to date, up 15.79% followed by consumer discretionary up 9.75, information technology 8.33, and I think it's interesting kind of in the middle, you have the bond proxies, you've got utilities, and you've got real estate up 6.76%, almost 5% respectively. 
Um, so as you start to see these sell-offs, people are moving into those uh, you know, bond proxy, more safe haven types of, of sectors. So those have been gaining ground uh, in the last couple of months. If you look at the five-day return, we're up 3.84% over the previous five days. Um, and again, at, led by the top three sectors we saw year-to-date, consumer discretionary, healthcare, and information technology. And as I as I said, uh, the last couple of days, we've gotten pretty good performance in the markets. Um, equities having some of their best days in a few months. And a lot of that was spurred by uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell coming out mm-hmm. and saying, and it was funny because in a statement, it, it was like two two words that really drove markets. He came out and said that uh, benchmark interest rates were just below the neutral level, which means central bank basically is close to the point where they're not going to be you know, necessarily aggressively tightening. They're not going to pump the brakes. So it's kind of like we're comfortable where we are right now. And that's following, you know, we're expect, still expecting a rate increase in December, but right. forecasts were for four more rate increases in 2019. So maybe that means, you know, a little more accommodative. Um, so, you know, stocks reacted positively to that. But something interesting to me is that's not getting much coverage is, okay, let's say the Fed only does two or three rate hikes next year. That's that's one half of the equation. But we're ignoring the fact that they're, they're still tightening by uh, reducing the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, they're not going out there and continue to buy bonds. They're, they're letting these uh, securities mature and roll off the balance sheet. And that in itself is a form of tightening that I think is not getting um, a whole lot of attention. So I think that, you know, it was a nice bump in the markets. And, and if the Fed does continue to get more dovish and hints that maybe we're going to pump the brakes a little bit, um, equity markets might respond favorably. But at the same time, if that's the case, you would likely think that's driven by a weakening in data and mm-hmm. economic fundamentals. So really two sides of the equation. It's hard to say, you know, does is it back to, you know, bad news is good news in a sense that, all right, you're seeing global growth slow, so the Fed is pumping the brakes. Well, okay, that's good for, you know, accommodative policy, but at the same time, economic fundamentals aren't good. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this in-between catch situation. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, exactly. And, you know, guessing what, what the outcome is going to be is hard to do. And you are starting to see kind of a, a, a slowdown in global growth. Uh, the U.S. is still holding up pretty well, but you look across at Germany and Japan, both had uh, their economies contract in the third quarter, mm-hmm. first time in, in years that you've seen that. Um, U.S. is still holding up well. We got a our first revision to uh, third quarter GDP this week. Uh, the economy grew at 3.5%, and that was down from, I think, 4.6% um, in the 4.2% in the second quarter, um, but still a pretty solid number. wasn't revised up or down, held in line, but... Uh, the economy looks strong domestically still is kind of the bottom line. On Tuesday, we got some housing data. Uh, Case-Shiller Home Price Index, existing home price appreciation decelerated in the three months ending in September. You had the 20-city index fall 5.1%. The 10-city composite fell 4.8%. And then the national average fell 5.5%. And housing is kind of one of the spots in the U.S. economy that, that has been weakening mm-hmm. uh, you know, tremendously. Rates are coming up. Home affordability um, isn't particularly attractive right now, and you're starting to see that flow through. Um, We also had new home sales data come out in the same vein. Uh, New home sales took a tumble in October. They were 8.9% below revised September totals and are now 12% below their October 2017 level. And you had sales fall in all four of the census regions. So, uh, you know, if, if you are in the market... Right now, you know, it's, it still seems pretty competitive, but at the same time, you're seeing, you know, new home sales are down, uh, prices are coming down. So as a homeowner, those are things you start to be concerned about. A lot of people think back and say, oh, is this going to be, you know, another 2000, 
what, six, 2008? 2008. Yeah. I don't think we're anywhere near that that level, you know. It's not the uh, seller's market like it used to be. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. I'm not sure what average days, uh, you know, on the market are anymore, but surely it's not what it was uh, a few years ago. Uh, Mortgage applications moved up during the week. Interesting there. You're seeing mortgage applications rise. Purchase applications were the main driver of the increase. They rose 8.8%, while refinancings ticked up uh, 0.5%. Consumer confidence, we also got out on Tuesday, fell 2.2 points from last month to 135.7. It was weighed down by an overall drop in consumer expectations. But all in all, the consumer still looks strong. You're seeing uh, consumer spending pick up. Um, Job growth continues to impress. And, you know, people are feeling confident in the economy. So slight pullback there, but nothing that's too concerning to us. Uh, Thursday, we got jobless claims. Jobless claims moved up a bit. Not really a big concern there. It's a weekly number. The trend still looks up, you know, pretty favorable. Insured unemployment rate held flat at 1.2%. Also on Thursday, we got the latest personal income data. We saw personal incomes rise 0.5%. Growth in wages and salaries, the largest component of of that reading, was unchanged at 0.3% in October. So it was non-wage income that contributed the most uh, to the increase. So that's, you know, renter's income, things of that nature. And then lastly, I I mentioned Jerome Powell uh, came out and and spoke and kind of drove markets higher. Then today we got the FOMC minutes, so the minutes from the November meeting. And basically there was no big shock there, although it did kind of show that the Fed is going to, um, I guess, kind of play it by ear and maybe ease their forecasts and how open they are with their plans for future rate increases and just let it you know, be data dependent going forward instead of saying, all right, here's where we expect to be at the end of 2019. Well, instead of that, let's Let's see what the data says. So no you know? plan in stone. Just wait and see what happens first. Exactly, which yeah. I think is probably, you know, Ben Bernanke was the first one to really come out and be so transparent with exactly what the Fed's plan was going mm-hmm. forward. Um, before that, it, it was more of a wait and see kind of game. I think there's kind of benefits to, e- to either side of that. But I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Jerome Powell um, start to be a little more vague, you know, g- give some guidance, but not to the extent that you've seen uh, Janet Yellen or, or, or Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke um, do in the past. Um, if you look at interest rates for the week, we saw uh, rates pretty much fall across the board. Two-year fell about two basis points. Out to the 10-year fell about four basis points. So yield curve still remains pretty flat. Mortgage rates fell 13 bips on the 30-year. The um, so that probably helped drive up those purchase applications as we saw before. <laughs> so a lot going on in the economy. Next week is also going to be, uh, you know, a lot to take in, plenty of economic indicators, which we can dive into a bit and uh, also take some listener questions and dive into a uh, financial situation with you two. Dan, probably you'll be the most informative on this, on some year-end tax planning uh, for for a family. Well, uh, I think that's probably a good spot for us to go ahead and uh, take a break, pay some bills. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. She don't care about education. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. 
Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.